Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Just in case you don't know, we have a comedy lifestyle newsletter. It's designed to fill in some gaps for comedians with tips on comedy, but also tips on organizing your living space, your job search, health tips, and tons of other info that we tend to not seek out but need and a bunch more. So it's made basically for people who are pursuing comedy. It's, it's made to help your life pursuing comedy a little easier. And we're even hearing great feedback from non-comedians. So check it out. It's free link in bio. Now on to today's episode. You've seen his hilarious tweets about being a dad all over the internet, and we talk about his approach to writing and more. It's a great chat. So here's my chat with Simon C. Holland. You're writing a, a lot a day, and a lot of your writing comes from, you know, you're since you're writing a lot about being a dad and, and what's going on. Some of what's going on with the coronavirus is making its way in a unique way though because you're i saw something that got a lot of traction which was you saying like who knew we'd be cooking so much or something to that effect right right and i think one of the hardest things about being creative and especially with coming up with jokes is still finding your voice when there's something like this going on or any sort of trauma in somebody's life how are you still able to find what is funny to you and not make it too serious? You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's not directly it's... about jokes about quarantine and stuff like that. It's it's just here's the byproduct of what we're what our life is right now. Yeah, and I don't um man, I I I do take it really serious and I'm very careful about it cuz I don't want I don't want it to seem like I am trying to I don't want to seem like I'm one of those people that's trying to sell quarantine shirts, you know, right, like I've seen right. some of that. I've right. seen like, you know, people on posting stuff on Instagram where you can get your quarantine care box. And it's just somebody that's trying to capitalize off of this. And right. I don't, I think that's a little bit insensitive. Um, I do recognize that there's a pretty, there's probably a more tuned in social media audience right now than, you know, all at once. And there has been maybe ever. Mm -hmm. So I recognize that, but I really just try to, what I'm trying to do is more just observe things that are maybe happening because of all of this, that I think are probably happening in other houses and other homes too. And, and poke a little bit of fun at it and see if, you know, it helps lighten the mood a little bit, but I, I do try to be pretty careful about, you know, not, uh, I don't want to belittle what's going on. Right. Which I appreciate because there are, I've seen those jokes too, the like quarantini jokes and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that there's something about that that feels gross. You know, it's like the comedic yeah. no, version I, of people like buying up masks and then selling them 
at high prices. Right. Now, I do use the word quarantine a lot because I think it's maybe our easiest thing to talk about what we're going through. I mean, I think it's yeah. kind of been adopted in pop culture as what's going on right now. But uh-huh. but I don't joke about people being legit quarantined for 14 days because they've been exposed or are recovering. My stuff is more about, you know, like quarantine log day 18. Right. What's going on or, you know, the, I think the homeschooling thing. Mm-hmm. Has brought a lot of, uh, you know, that's definitely brought um, a lot, lot of humor and just a, a lot of we're in this together feeling from a lot of parents. Oh yeah, because you, know, you just wake up one day and you're like, okay, well, there's there's digital learning, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's really just kind of like a syllabus that's online. You know, your kids asking you questions, right? Right. I think it's. I, I guess it's gonna lead to a lot of people appreciating teachers a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to teach trigonometry. Like, I, I wouldn't know what to do. No, I had to help my, my, my 13-year-old is, um, she's, she's really bright, especially when it comes to math, and she surpassed, you know, she asks me for help, and I'm like, oh, you think that's the best idea? <laughs> you know? <laughs> She's like, I know, I, I told her, I was like, you know, I think you're smart, but the fact that you're asking me for help is making me wonder if you really are or not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, let's go back to when you started sharing funny stuff on the Internet, I mean, or even before that. Like, when when did comedy become a thing for you or, or making jokes? Was that just something you always did or did you find some sort of avenue of, <laughs> later in life? Well, it's, it's always been something that I've liked, like making people laugh. It's always been a part of kind of who I was and who I am. And, um, so that, that is inherent to me. And that, you know, like, I, I don't know if I was the class clown so much because I was usually the guy that was, making a sarcastic remark that only a couple of people could hear. I didn't care so much about getting the whole class's attention, but um, I've always tried to make people laugh. And then, you know, really, I guess it really started with, um, I don't, it's hard to even remember when it was maybe 2006 or seven when Facebook first came out. Um, you know, and that was kind of a lot of people's first taste of social media. Um, I, I didn't even have Twitter then. And I would just post things that I thought were funny. I was immediately annoyed with people making status updates. If you can remember back at the dawn of social media where people really felt this urge to just tell people what they were doing, you know, like I do remember that to the gym or just picked up (laughs) coffee and not in a joking way, just like people literally felt the need to broadcast their every every move and yeah. so i think that a lot of the tone if you go back and read a lot of my stuff you can see it's kind of a playful eye roll at a lot of things and mm. so i i decided that i would that's not the way that i was going to use social media and i would use it to just try to make jokes so mm-hmm. it was mostly local stuff you know things to my immediate friends and family who are i was friends with on facebook um, and I, you know, people reacted pretty well to it. Um, mm-hmm. my wife suggested that I start writing a blog. I've mm-hmm. always had kind of a, um, a creative vein, I guess. And 
you know, it seemed like a good outlet. I, I guess people still write blogs, probably. Yeah. Once upon a time, they were like really popular. Right, so right. Not as I, much I anymore. I kind of jumped into that whole idea, um, and I started writing blog, and um, it was it was pretty good. I mean, I would write, you know, kind of the same things. Um, it was called Sweet and Weak, and yeah, I would take a. Uh, <laughs> I, I would take you. So okay, so you actually researched and, and looked around, but it. <laughs> yeah. I would take a you know something that I thought was great, usually about parenting, and then something that I that contrasted it, and and I would write something about that. And I don't, I don't know that my long form writing was was necessarily that good, but I but I think the things that I talked about resonated with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started a Twitter account just to, you know, I think a lot of people think of Twitter. Oh, I'll go out here and this I'll use this to advertise my blog. And if I can put something on Twitter, everyone will see it. And Twitter <laughs> yeah. doesn't really work that way. You know, nah, it's not a those algorithms. If yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't kind of nurture it. But what I found out is that I, in kind of trying to write headlines for my blog posts, I started to, develop but maybe a knack of just kind of short term or short form you know kind of writing so uh, some of the tweets started to take off and before i knew it i was i would rather write these one-liners it gave me that that dopamine fix of immediate likes and you know just like being in the back of the class and making a joke and having the people around you laugh Mm -hmm. so that was nice you know twitter was so instant um, and it was fast and it was easy to do with the busy lifestyle. Like it would be, it was hard to carve out time to sit down and write a long blog post, but mm-hmm. suddenly I had something I could do on my phone that literally took, you know, 15, 20 seconds at a time. So I started doing that and it's just kind of grown from there. Oh, nice. I forget how many followers you have now, but when did you start seeing it really start rising for you? Um, it was, you know, it was steady. Um, Twitter is kind of, even today, like Twitter is kind of my first love of social media because I think it's got such a, if you can stay away from some of the garbage that's out there. Oh gosh. Yeah. Which um, I could not, but if you can dial into kind of, there's some really talented, really funny people there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it really kind of hones some of your writing, um, in terms of editing, you know, you start to, and especially I liked it so much better when it had the the character limit um, where you really had to dial in and cut out all of the stuff that you didn't need. And it turns out that anything that you can say that's funny in a hundred words, if you can say it in 60, it's even funnier. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think to me, it, it kind of proved that way. Like if I could, if I could figure out how to trim something back enough mm-hmm. to where, it's just, you know, it's just the thing that people want to laugh at. Um, and I don't know, it grew steadily over time. And then I started seeing a lot of things that I would tweet um, being shared around on Facebook without any credit to me. Uh, people would take them and turn them into the early form memes, which were really just like some kind of colorful background, some kind of font. And then they would put, you know, most of the time it would be a tweet. So Mm -hmm. I decided to create a Facebook page. I started doing that with my own tweets and putting my name on the bottom. I thought, well, this way, at least somebody will share 
the one that has my name on it. So people will know that I wrote this. Right. Um, and then that turned into Instagram. And I would say Instagram is probably the social media of choice for the demo that gets my jokes the best. So parents for the most part, um, particularly moms, which I just, um, and that's just a, a statistic, but you know, they, they tend to, to relate a lot to the parenting humor, I guess. And I used to do some memes for scary mommy and some big, um, you know, kind of mom type blogs, but, mm-hmm. but Instagram got a lot of traction early and then that caused, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter, those numbers to grow as well. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Cause that's, it was Instagram that made me find out about you. A friend always shared your stuff. And, uh, I mean, it, it, you became, uh, oh, that guy again, you know, like <laughs> he's, he's all over the place, uh, which is right. why I reached out to you. Cause I was like, this guy's hilarious and he's all over the place. <laughs> uh, and you have a well, ton of followers that. on there. Yeah. Yeah. So that one has, has been the biggest the and biggest, it's grown yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, um, Instagram did been... become the biggest, uh, even when it's like, you know, you're sharing screenshots of, tweets but it's instagram where you're right. you have like triple digit uh <laughs> you know, followers or, or yeah, like triple digit just, in the thousands I just crossed the the three hundred thousand follower threshold on instagram so it's mm-hmm. been and on facebook it's maybe a hundred and and twitter it's only i think it, i mean it's a lot i think i've got like eighty thousand followers yeah. on twitter mm-hmm. um but i will still i will still decide if a joke is good enough to go on Instagram, which has the biggest follower based on how it performs on Twitter. Interesting. Okay. Cause I, I think that there are, and plus I know, I know from certain people that follow me there, they have, I respect their opinion, you know, comedically or, or when it comes to humor and stuff like that. So if I see certain people that they retweet something or like something, I'll go, okay, this might, I think this is good, or maybe this is bad, or mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll take a little bit more freedom with my subject matter and things like that. That's a really smart way to use the the different platforms instead of just saying like, "Well, I'll just put the same thing on all of them." You use each differently to, uh, you know, learn <laughs> what is gonna really hit, or, or or you know, what's getting the most traction, and hone things in. Right now. Ultimately, a lot of things do. I mean, the things that work end up going everywhere because mm-hmm. there's still the part of me that recognizes there's, you know, there could be some kind of opportunity that could come along from this. So it's a good idea if something seems like it's like it's hidden to go ahead and put it in front of as many eyes as possible. Right. But yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff that goes out on on Twitter that never makes it past that, and and some of it I still might be. I mean, there are some jokes that are my personal favorite jokes that I've ever written that still I feel like are pretty funny, but they just don't they don't seem to resonate with the masses as much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think you know why that might be? Do you ever try <laughs> yeah. to assess that? I wrote a joke a long time ago about baby changing stations mm-hmm. and about a dad coming back from a baby changing station with a diaper bag full of quarters. And to me, that was funny. You know, and he was like, what a deal. <laughs> you know, but the whole idea of 
you know, some social media platforms take that kind of stuff serious. Oh my God, you would oh. trade your baby for quarters. And of course not. But the absurdity <laughs> right. of the whole idea to me was funny. So, right. Oh, that is interesting because that is basically the different platforms are different audiences and different types of people. And while we all see a lot of maybe like political uh, stuff on Facebook, that's from like our aunt or somebody like that or mom or our grandmother. But Twitter, that's where you're getting like the activist. That's where like activists are really getting stuff trending so yeah i could see how like a joke that might raise someone's ire that it would be there that it happened first or only maybe right and twitter is what you build it into Mm -hmm. twitter is the one thing that's kind of unique that most of the time when you got on twitter everyone was a stranger Mm -hmm. you -hmm. know you don't you didn't really have your aunt or (laughs) or someone there so you decided to follow the people that you like you start out by following a bunch of celebrities. And then mm-hmm. for me, eventually I stopped following all of those people because most of them didn't post stuff that I cared about. Um, <laughs> but I found comedians and maybe not even pro comedians, but just people that were really funny. Um, mm-hmm. There used to be a, um, there used to be a website called Fave star or Fav star. Uh-huh, and it. basically what it was is it would, uh, it would rank people's tweets. So Mm -hmm. you could go on and if it was someone that, you know, you thought was funny, you could go onto the site and it would be like, these are the the top 10 statistic, you know, jokes that they've ever written. And for me, what attracted me to Twitter were all these people that were just, all they were using the platform for was to try to make people laugh. Everything that they would tweet was just a a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started to follow those people and they started to follow me back. And then, before you know, you kind of have this community of, you know, people that have something in common. And so that's why there are some certain people there that if they like something that I tweet out, I, I feel more validated by that than maybe, you know, 10,000 people liking an Instagram post. Well, that's interesting. I like that. So do you have a joke structure that you try to work with or is it, is it looser than that? Um, yes to both of those things. uh, (laughs) Well, it's always been loose, but there have been a few things that I'll call them format jokes Mm -hmm. that I've discovered that have done well over time. Now, Mm -hmm. there are some format jokes that are not very original that you see everybody, you know, or lots Mm -hmm. of people online will try to, to do it. Like nobody... I don't know. Colon space. Uh, nobody at all. Colon space. Exactly. And then it's like a r- right. ridiculous thing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's funny. It's still funny. <laughs> yeah. Just because everybody does it doesn't mean that it's not good. But right. I and I'll I'll do one of those every now and then if I feel like I've got something that really fits that. But there have been a couple that I have kind of come up with on my own. And then I feel like it's OK to use those. So. I did a few tweets that started out with like, um, let's get married and have kids. So instead of doing some fun activity, we can do this, some parenthood activity that's less than fun. Like instead of going day drinking on the weekend, we can go to a nine year old's birthday party where everyone coughs, <laughs> you know, which is not a, which would not be a good one for me to recycle right now. But I wrote that years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, 
that got traction. And so I'll do that one every now and then, or I've done a, a, a handful recently about rival dads, um, which was just a concept that years ago I, I thought was kind of funny. Cause I think in some ways, you know, lots of, of men or, or, or dads look at each other in, in kind of a rivalry way, even if it's just fun, you know, not really serious. And so some of those have taken off pretty well. So I'll use that format from time to time, just talking about rival dad stuff. Oh, yeah, I've seen those, and those uh, those are funny and, and get some good traction. You know, and it's I often look to the structure of the comedy on late-night shows, right? Like you have your monologues, which are your straightforward jokes, and then you have your desk piece, which they're different approaches to doing a desk piece. And so there are these different things that they have at their disposal. And if you're trying to have some variety as a joke writer on social media, you would have to have some different avenues. You'd have your straightforward jokes, but then you have your structured uh, sort of jokes as well. Right. Well, and it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where, in short form stuff like like writing memes, it's mm-hmm. not. It's different because in the, in a lot of ways you don't have you don't have time to really set up a punchline, so to speak. Right. Because you know? you're usually working with a pretty concise amount of words or characters and a pretty short attention span. Because someone yeah. that's scrolling Instagram or Twitter, they don't want to see a big backstory or a big setup. So right, it's got to be like five words. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of things that I'll post are, are pretty close to just, you know, a punchline or an, I- or an idea. So they're not, mm-hmm. they're not quite that same style of joke that really gets a setup. Um, but every now and then something will lend itself to that. I mean, I think I wrote something just a little while ago about, you know, I've done the math and I've done the research and I've analyzed this from every angle. And I just don't think there's any way that we come out of this as a family without owning a baby tiger. <laughs> and that's not, I mean, I don't know if that's really funny or not. It was, you know, it's just playing on the whole um, Tiger King phenomenon. Right. But I I do like sometimes to write a joke where the funny part sneaks up at you at, on you at the end, you know, so you're like, I don't, I don't really know what this is going to be about. You know, and then and then something comes out. So it, I, it's kind of like a punchline, but but it's a little bit different than the, maybe a traditional style. Right. Where was your sort of education on all this, or are you just kind of learning as you go? I mean, it's definitely learning as I go. I don't. Uh, I still am not good at doing a lot of social media. Things. <laughs> like I had to ask my 13 year old about posting a story on Instagram the other day, uh, just because that's not a piece that I've ever done. You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at my Instagram, it's just screenshots of tweets mm-hmm. um, that I put there. So beyond that, I don't, uh, and I'm not unable to figure all that kind of stuff out. I mean, I'm, you know, it's still pretty technical, but it's just, it's something that I've never really done or, or cared about. So everything has been most of it's been dumb luck um you know having a few things that have done well or having somebody influential share something of mine um and so that's helped grow an audience and the amazing thing about all of it is i would write jokes at the beginning like when i would have when i just had a pretty new twitter account and maybe had i don't know 800 followers a thousand followers something like that Mm-hmm. And I would write a joke that I thought was pretty good, but you're still you're still in a pretty small bubble. So 
you know, it would get like a hundred people would like it. And I would think that was phenomenal. And now I've gotten, it just, by having more eyes on it, um, it, it's crazy. I, I can go back and recycle jokes from 2014 that I thought were funny that got mm-hmm. 80 likes on Twitter mm-hmm. and they might get 30,000 likes now mm-hmm. on Instagram. Okay. It's just, I think it, it's just the thing to remember that just because something may not seem to blow up or go viral doesn't mean it's not funny. Yeah. You know, and, and it just depends on how big your audience is or how big, you know, how far you can cast the net. And so I've, I've done some of that where I go back and kind of mine for old things that I've done. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, this didn't go that good, but I, I think it's pretty funny. So let me, let me toss it out to this bigger audience now. And, and then I'll, I'll say, Oh yeah, I was right. That was funny. And for you, this is cause you have a day job. So that's, I, I assume not an entertainment. Um, and this is just a fun hobby that you're doing essentially. It is a, it is a fun creative outlet. I will, um, I'll think of things through the day, um, observations from home, from work, from wherever. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll put them in my notes section of my phone or, um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just write it as a tweet and then not post it. I'll just save it as a draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at certain times I'll go back and, and re look at what I've, you know, what I've put together and then decide, you know, what I want to do with it. But yeah, it's a, it's a creative outlet. It's fun. It, it has offered and brought in some, you know, uh, some opportunities to do some things for, you know, compensation where I've been able to sell some, some jokes or, or, you know, write some things for some companies, which has been fun, but oh, cool. it has not replaced my job in any way, shape mm-hmm. or form. It's a, it's a fun thing that I do on the side. That's nice. Yeah. That's a, a good, <laughs> I think a healthy way to uh, do it. You know, and not not get caught up in like gotta get big, gotta do. You know, just like hey, this is fun. <laughs> it's a good way to. But don't get me wrong; I'd probably sell out in a second for the right opportunity. So. <laughs> oh gosh, I mean, and why not? I don't not? mean to sound holier than now, but if NBC <laughs> wants to do a rival badge show or something, then uh, do you guys? <laughs> oh yeah, do it, do it. I would encourage it. But yeah, I just think sometimes I'll see certain people who it's not coming natural to them like it does to you. And they are just sort of forcing it because they're trying to get there. And that it's, it's just not fun to see. And it it can't be healthy for them emotionally to uh, just try to chase. I mean, chasing fame is not in my opinion, particularly healthy to do. Um, It's, you know, having it is not always (laughs) healthy to have. Um, when uh, what do your kids think about this um I, they like it mm-hmm. they don't love all of the jokes there's a healthy amount of rolling that goes on in the family <laughs> in general yeah um they also recognize that they are the source or the butt of some of the jokes exactly so, yeah um but you know i've got a i've got an elementary schooler who it doesn't seem to face her that much the I've also got a 13 year old and she's probably, um, she would rather it be a funny joke that she is kind of used as part of the punchline than something she just thinks is super dumb because then it's embarrassing. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if it's, if it's like something that's tongue in cheek, me making fun of like, you know, 
I don't know, slang that middle schoolers use or, or something like that. She's, she's okay with that. If she basically, she forms every opinion on what she thinks other eighth graders would think of that. So, and I think that's the way every eighth grader forms every opinion. Do you ever so, have as, <laughs> do you ever have like arguments with her about that? Where you're like, well, it got eighty thousand likes, and Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. shared it, you know, or, or somebody. <laughs> like, do you ever have to? Do you yeah. ever throw that back at him? Some, I do. I will toss that to her sometimes. <laughs> She's like, or she'll just be like, I don't even get it. What does that even mean? That's stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, maybe, but uh, you know, this many thousand people obviously got it or something. <laughs> President Barack <laughs> Obama liked it. liked it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's um, and then she'll just, you know, and she'll, you know, give me like an okay boomer kind of look. Basically. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Which you, I'm not, but oh, right, I, I know. But Gen Xers that is continually pushing back on the. <laughs> I get it. It's the, it's the the. Oh, it's, it's like boomer and millennial. Yeah, generation. yeah, yeah. Boomer and millennial are just catch-all terms. Um, That's right. That's <laughs> they're right. not accurately used. Your comedy is not offensive comedy, but you did mention that sometimes people will take it kind of seriously when you say something. Uh, how do you, especially for someone who probably doesn't deal with it a lot, manage when people have gotten offended? Um, you're right. I try to write. There is a little bit of calculation behind what I do. Like, there are times when I think profanity is funny or certain blue subject matter is is hilarious to me. But what I am doing on social media. I made a decision early on that I wanted it to be something that could appeal to the biggest audience possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's the big driver. And sometimes it's a challenge to write everything clean, but mm-hmm. even when you write everything clean, doesn't mean that people aren't going to be upset. I wrote a joke about um, getting a prescription filled mm-hmm. once this was earlier. This was la- last year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that there was a pharmacy Twitter. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. Uh-huh. Um, oh, you mean and, like people and on who Instagram and Facebook? I uh, made a joke uh, of about the pharmacy taking world. a long time at the pharmacy. Okay, and I offended apparently a lot of people. Interesting. Um, for the most part, I don't do anything about it. I don't. I don't read a ton of comments, but if I can, if I recognize that something is you know kind of percolating in the comment section, I, I'll. I'll read through it some. I, I stand by the joke. I thought it was funny. Um, I wasn't trying to pick at anyone particularly. I got a few. I got a few real hateful direct messages, but I got a few that were pretty constructive. Mm-hmm. Of people just trying to explain that you know what they do is serious, and I, I, I wasn't suggesting that it wasn't per se. But mm-hmm. um, I try to. I try to be as respectful about all of those things as as I can be. But but yeah, sometimes. Um, I mean, heck, I made a joke about Facebook today about a trend that I've seen on Facebook about people playing I spy with colors on their camera roll. And I don't care about that. I don't care if that's mm-hmm. a thing that you think it's fun and you want to do. I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's great. But I also recognize that I saw a ton of it. So I just made a joke about it because, you know, I, that's what I do. And, you know, I get some comments of like, oh, you know, we see you, guy who thinks he's better than everyone else and wants to, you know, tell people what they should post. And I just let that 
yeah, you know, that sort of I stuff. Like is like, I just don't yeah. address it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I think it's interesting sometimes when someone lands in hot water over something they said on Twitter that really, while sometimes I could see why it could offend some, it's not like a malicious statement. And then the the rants that people send at them will get so personal and over the top where it's like, okay, even if what they like what started all of this was inappropriate or wrong, it's not as bad as what you were saying. <laughs> you know, like what, yeah. like what leg do you have my to stand on? My joke was about my, my pharmacy joke was about how long it might take for a pharmacist to put, take your eye drops out of one box and put it in a little white bag. You know, <laughs> that it was, there wasn't a whole lot involved. With right. it. And I had people telling me that they hope I went blind. You know, what? <laughs> people respond and they're like, we, I hope the next time you have to get eye drops, the pharmacist rushes through it and gives you something that makes you go blind or, or whatever. And that's a very small segment of, of, course, of pharmacists. Yeah. I think what they do is amazing and, and I respect their profession, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you, if you really want to get into it, there can be some crazy stuff in the comment section. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, I've seen it and it's what's made me hate Twitter is, um, when I first started seeing the wild, inappropriate stuff that people would say in the in, in tweets and responding in the replies and the ads, that I was like, oh, I don't like this direction that people are going in. And then that sort of behavior became currency on Twitter and became the way to get a bunch of likes and retweets. And it's just gone off the deep end with that, where people are just saying things that are really off base from maybe the initial point and they're saying things in such a hateful mean-spirited way that it's not even constructive anymore so it's just sort of like well why would i why do i need to listen to your opinion then if that's how if you're going to be that uh, for lack of a better term evil about uh your opinion it's just weird yeah social media can devolve in a in a real quickness Mm. You know, you can see, um, and, and that's, you know, it, social media is a great equalizer, right? I mean, every yeah. idiot has a keyboard, yeah. so <laughs> there's no, there's no, you don't have to pass any exam to be able to get on. You don't have yeah. to prove that you're a good person or that you know how to read or, or anything, you know, anybody can just log on and spout their hate or, or whatever it might be. I, I mean, I do take special care. Um, you know, when I write stuff that uh, I don't ever try to target groups and I get that maybe my pharmacy joke did that a little bit. I learned Mm. from that and I, you know, I try to do better moving forward that I don't call out, you know, certain individuals or, or things like that. But it is, uh, I think a lot of it is, is what you make it. Like if anybody that I know that's been on Twitter for a while or, Mm -hmm. or, Somewhat Instagram too, but that that they don't like it. I've told somebody once before. I said, "Well, find the eight accounts on Twitter that you consistently do enjoy the things that they post, and they will literally unfollow everyone else. Mm. And then look at who they follow, and maybe follow some of those people. And you can cre- you can make it where now the algorithm messes with you because it just starts feeding stuff." to you that you don't necessarily want to see, but yeah. you can prune back the bush, I guess a little bit mm-hmm. and try to kind of shape it the way you want it to be and get rid of some of the, 
the hate and the the garbage that's out there. Yeah, that's actually really good advice. I hadn't thought about that of of just like unfollowing a bunch of people and only following the positive people or the people that make you feel good. Because yeah, I, I started. I have two limits on my Twitter. One is a five minute screen time limit, and the other is when I see something stupid limit. And usually I hit the see something stupid limit before five minutes comes and I will get off uh, as soon as I see something yep. that I was like, this this person is just angry about nothing and taking it out on all the wrong people. Um, and uh, and so I'll just get off or they're just being like, like I was saying, malicious. I do like that advice, though, of like finding a way to prune those people out. I think what I need to stop doing, though, is going to that explore section where it's just like whatever is trending, because that's where I see all the dumb stuff. That's where they'll show it to you. (laughs) Yeah. And I really I'm interested to see sometimes because sometimes news breaks for me on Twitter where like that's the first place I'm hearing about something that happened that we should know about. But so often it's some silly thing that's trending. I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, a, a Billie Eilish is over party. She's over because she liked a, a, a meme that's that's trending right, right. now. Okay. <laughs> All right. like, thanks, young people, for trending this. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you care. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so it's, And a lot of times uh, I'll, I'll feel like I have to re- – like I'll go, oh, man, why is this trending right now? And I'll never even figure out why it was trending before I have to get out of all of that. You know? Yeah. I'm like, that's obviously not the reason, but I've already seen too much. So I'm not <laughs> even interested in it anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. And I think the other thing I get, I'm tired of seeing is that Denzel gif of him, like, ca- like catching his chest and he's like, oh, oh, the, whew, I'm glad. Yes. Like, anytime some celebrity is especially an older celebrity trends and right, that's the and first thinks, oh God, did they gif die? I see. Yeah. I'm so tired of seeing that gif. I'm so, so tired. People use it. That well, That is always the first tweet. When you click on the trending topic, that is always the first one. And it's never like, okay, yep. but why is this person trending? And somebody, can that be the top tweet, please? Like context. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's one thing I wish that that Twitter could do is when they tell you something that's trending, you could you could say, hey, why is that trending? Instead of clicking on, you know, oh, why is Disney Plus trending? And then you <laughs> click on it, and it's just like a bunch of like hateful garbage that has nothing <laughs> right. to do with you know whatever. Right, right, yeah. It's always like <laughs> all this hateful garbage. I'm just gonna go watch Disney Plus. And it's like why? Why is Disney right. Plus the thing trending? It has nothing to do with the point it, of this tweet. Well, uh, it is crazy, but it it is. I think it. I have, I have. I guess I spend more than five minutes a day on it, probably. But I, I work to kind of hone it into the thing that I want it to be. So yeah. But you you have to be liberal with the unfollow and the block and whatever. Yeah. You know, and get stuff out of your feed that you don't want to see. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have muted certain topics, so I don't have to deal with them too much. Those are good those are good tricks for just maintaining some peace when you're on social media. Right. Exactly. Particularly Twitter. Um well, we've reached the end of the episode. It's time to create something together. And um, 
I'm very interested in seeing, because the thing that I have gotten so bad at lately is sort of keeping track of funny ideas. I, I used to be pretty good at writing them in my note section, but now when I have an idea, it's not always an opportune time to write something down. And then it just drifts away. <laughs> like, well, right, I, right. And I just remember that there was an idea that I can't remember anymore. So what is your process? Uh, let's Let's break that down and then maybe we can think of an idea to tweet. Well, I do, I do that as well. I, I put it in the notes section. Um, I, sometimes I'll write the tweet and then save it as a draft. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will say something to whoever I'm with. If it's my wife or, or my kid, mm-hmm. um, that will be a trigger for me. And I'll just be like, Hey, try to help me remember like uh, whatever it might be, you know, banana spaghetti. And maybe those are two things that are, that will trigger a thought that I just had for later on. Mm. And a lot of times what I do is just um, forget it and then <laughs> spend the rest of the time in anguish going, man, that was the best idea. And I can't remember <laughs> what it was. And maybe it comes back to me another time. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that I've lost a lot of <laughs> great ideas into the ethers, but what kind of thing, um, what which, sparks and it and I for think you? That's a, um, it's a mix. I will sometimes sit and try to think of jokes. Um, I don't love that way of doing it, but I, I and this is going to sound kind of like a, a prima donna thing to say, but I, I've grown this, you know, somewhat of an audience that I think not expects, but they, they seem to like the content that I put out there. So, you know, I, I there are times where, I'll think, man, I got to think of a joke to post. And usually those are my ones that aren't as great, you know? And a lot of times you can see that kind of what you were talking about earlier, where you Mm -hmm. can, it's like, you can see when someone's trying too hard. Um, Mm -hmm. The best things are always things that just come from observation. Um, You know, either something I'm seeing right then, or I think back to something that happened earlier in the day, maybe through a different lens and, and, you know, there's something funny about it. Um, and there's sometimes something that I'm not even sure is super funny, but I think it's super relatable. And if I can give it a sarcastic tone, mm-hmm. a lot of times it'll hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, when you first write it down or, or make that draft, it's just sort of like getting the idea out and then later you hone. Yeah. Or later I just post it. I mean, I will oh, okay. be honest. I don't, I'm not super great. There are lots of jokes that I've written that, a few hours later, I'll look at it and I'll just be like, God, that would have been so much better if I had moved this to here or if I had not said this word mm. or whatever. But for me, I think over time I've figured out that I'm better off just getting the content out there. If I try to pick it apart too much, it'll either become unfunny to me or whatever. And so I just take those, you know. I take those bumps in the road as they come. And mm-hmm. sometimes if it really, if it really irks me, I'll delete it and I'll post it the way that I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually that doesn't prove to be super successful, but it's more of a thing for me than for anyone else. But yeah, some, I mean, sometimes I'll just put down two words, like an idea, and then I'll write out whatever the tweet or the joke or, or whatever needs to be or should be. Do you exaggerate much with uh, your humor or are you just finding like the truth of it and saying it directly? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that I write that is exaggeration or mm-hmm. or outright lies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for for lack of a better way to put it, I think uh, there a few years ago, my mom called me up uh, because I had written some tweet or something about um, I don't even remember what it was spilling my breakfast bourbon or something like that, and mm-hmm. she was concerned, mm-hmm. and I just had to say, you know, hey. I, that I'm not drinking at 7 a.m., um, but I thought it was funny, the whole concept of it, so that's why I wrote that. So sometimes it'll, you know, there will be no basis in truth at all, uh-huh. and then some of it will be, you know, something little, like, man, sometimes it's hard to homeschool your kids, and then I'll just make up whatever kind of crazy scenario around that. So maybe the core thought of it is is true spawned from something you experienced but yeah right like i wrote a joke not too long ago about waking up my eighth grader at five fifteen just to get back at her for all the times that she woke me up <laughs> when she was a baby and a toddler <laughs> which revenge is is naturally funny that whole concept is funny mm-hmm. um but i i would never actually do that because <laughs> you know the last thing i want to do is like poke a bear you know have an angry 13 year old at 5 in the morning yeah and so, i also did that like lie, but it's a funny idea did that come back and bite you like did, did her classmates who was like oh your dad wake you up this morning <laughs> like did that happen? well luckily i wrote that one just a couple of days ago so okay so that didn't yeah. have any classmates except for on zoom <laughs> but um but there have been a there have been a few things about that. I wrote a joke earlier this year about, and I don't know how up to date you are on middle school culture, but a big <laughs> thing about middle schoolers are there is the water bottle that they carry with them at all times okay. at school. And, and one that was really popular and trendy is called a hydro flask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an additional piece of that, that, and this is probably a last summer trend is the, the kids would put stickers all over their hydro flask. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, that was a super trendy thing to do. And I wrote some joke about my kid having a hydro flask, but mm-hmm. not having any stickers. So we would just really appreciate, you know, your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. <laughs> and a bunch of people, you know, kind of ragged her about it. And she had to be like, I do have stickers, oh you know, gosh. cause she did have stickers, but <laughs> that wasn't funny. So. <laughs> But she, oh she was like, Dad, nobody thinks I have stickers on my hydro flask. <laughs> That's, that is so absurd that that happened, but it, so it very it's junior crazy. high. It's so middle yep. school <laughs> that happened. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Don't let anybody know. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Okay, well, what's something, um, what would be an idea now like uh like is there is there one that we can spark here and or or, uh is there something that you have that you're ruminating on can we break the joke Uh, and it can be the first time people hear (laughs) one of your jokes uh uh, get built literally get get built and formulated (laughs) on the on the fly um man you know i was thinking i was thinking earlier um about having a formal Friday instead of a casual Friday, you know, because now every day is casual. Uh, um, yeah. So, so maybe on Fridays everyone needs to wear khakis or you know or put on a suit or something. I, I don't know. I, that that one's still. Um, I don't know. It, I, I'm working on trying to get something that that is relatable. This whole 
the whole feeling of Friday has lost all of its pizzazz. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Friday used to be such a big deal and now it's just, uh, it's it's kind of fallen flat. So. No, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, a former guest on the podcast, Jeremy McClellan, last Thursday, I think it was, uh, tweeted or, or posted an important update. Today is Thursday. Just because right, nobody right. knows what day of the week it is anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like know, the idea of formal Friday. Joke. Maybe <laughs> Friday feels like the, the one that used to be the most popular kid in school that now has gotten, you know... For whatever reason, nobody cares about it anymore. That's what Friday feels like right now. It's Friday, just... Uh, Friday is uh, you know, the popular be, kid at uh, the 10-year reunion. It's like, nobody cares. We're all, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, exact, that's exactly it. That's a great That's a great way to put it. You know, or, or maybe just something like Friday's peaked in 2019. You know, or, or something like that. Yeah. Just, uh, I, don't, I feel... You know, I feel bad for it. It uh, it used to be such a defining piece of American culture, yeah. Friday and the weekend. Yeah, what would be TGI, if TGI Friday changed their name, like uh, the one I just had was Who Cares It's Friday, but what's it? Yes. <laughs> I guess it's... Uh, hmm. Or It's Friday, not that anyone noticed. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess they go cares. by Fridays now. So yeah, so now that they they dropped the TGI, so it's just Friday. So I guess now it'd be like right. Uh, they would change it to any day of the week. Any days. <laughs> any days. Any day of the days. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there it is, Simon. Robert. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. He's a really good dude. Glad I got to talk to him. And I hope you enjoyed that. Follow Simon on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Simon C. Holland. He's hilarious. He has a finished version of the joke we hashed out at the end of the episode. He went with, Fridays have really lost their razzle-dazzle. I think that's the first time something created at the end of an episode sparked something that got published. So that's cool. Don't forget to follow us at There It Is Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And also write a review for us and share us with your friends. We have a great guest and a pop talk episode coming up in the near future. We'll also post the bonus meditation episode soon. Hope you're all well. Stay strong and safe. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 